what I'm doing now is scrolling through my code base of the thing that I'm working on, looking for the areas where there are loads and loads of comments. So if I remember correctly, having lots of comments means you've done lots of um, very smart things. Is that right? (laughs) Smart is not, you know, it's, I would say, (laughs) obtuse, generally speaking. The more comments there are in some of my code, the weirder it is. Like, the more stuff needs explaining that is not instantly legible. Um, And there are a couple of places where there are lots and lots of comments. And any guesses as to where those places might be? Well, the way I was going to start this episode was I was going to look outside and go, it's very bright at the moment, isn't it? Because um, <laughs> we've had a certain change in the uh, timings of things due to foreseeable circumstances. <laughs> foreseeable is debatable. But certainly here it seems to be foreseeable. But yeah. What do you, what, what no, do you mean? I don't know. Oh, well, we'll come to that. We'll come to that later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so for those that haven't clocked on yet, we're talking about extra daylight in the evening, we are talking about daylight. Daylight saving time. Very good, Tom. I very enjoyed your pun. Clocked on. (laughs) This is going to be a mess, this episode. (laughs) (laughs) If I can get through this one with my sanity intact and not have some kind of breakdown, I will be very, very pleased. Daylight savings is something that I definitely like because it means the evenings are longer. win-win so uh what 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 is it you don't like it about it so much well in previous years when my app was well certainly like previous transitions which i think we're now looking at this is the fourth that the thing i'm working on has survived um the change was generally the herald of you know like uh um when i used to work by the docks and you could see the yachts being moved into the water at a certain time of year that would be the herald of spring of um good times ahead Daylight savings time to me is the herald of bug reports and issues. <laughs> I suppose working working for a company that's to do with calendars and time, that may be uh, yeah something that pops up more often than in other in other areas of life. Yeah, um, I think yeah, hopefully having survived four already in both uh, in each direction, um, it's robust. We've hit all. We've hit. I'm not. We're not going to say we've hit all the bugs, but we've hit a lot of the bugs, <laughs> or certainly a lot of bugs. <laughs> Um, which have been fixed in previous years, touching all the wood and making no like no false promises or anything, but no bugs have been reported yet, though we are <gasps> three days in <laughs> from the UK one. Wow. Um, and more, the majority of our users at the moment are US, and they changed well, last week or the week before, like the 8th, I think they changed. Um, yeah, I think all the things that can go wrong at the daylight savings time have gone wrong. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, we've <laughs> had to suffer mm. through it. Isn't, isn't there some talk of it changing in certain parts of the world? They're getting, are they scrapping it in Europe or something like that? You may never know. Things change all the time. So there, there's not just uh, the fact that US and UK don't change at the same time. Australia also changes but goes in the opposite direction because they're in the southern hemisphere, as do all the southern hemisphere places where it, where it happens. So is the main problem that it's just kind of, it's not, if it's happened all over the world at the same time, wouldn't really be a problem because that'd be, that'd be an easy fix. It's a, uh, it's a, no, no. Even if it happens at different times, but you know about it, it's an easy fix. The problem is when you don't know about it. So take Libya in, when was that, 2011? I can't even remember when it was, but at some point, Libya cancelled daylight savings time with two days notice. And in fact, they actually... <laughs> 
change quite regularly all over the all the time. Like, it's not an uncommon occurrence, but most of, most of the time it's scheduled. How does that get broadcast to people in the world? That uh, oh, we've decided not to do daylight savings this year. Yeah, I think that's literally it. I think it's the news. And <laughs> you're like, oh, do you have any users in the country that's decided to stop using it? Um, there are lots of there's lots of talks to abolish it. Lots of places that don't want to do it. Not always standardised. There are official sources. I think sometimes they have to get updated on the fly, same as everyone else. Well, apparently uh, in the the EU have voted to scrap daylight saving time. Yes, yeah, that was quite exciting. So whether or not we'll we'll live to that, see that or not, I don't know, don't know. I'm on the side. I'm on because it is like annoying. I'm part of me is on the side of let's scrap it and not have to worry about handling. Oh, but it. which side would you? Which which way would you want the exactly. hour to go, Tom? Yeah. Emotionally, I would like it to be on summertime. I'd like us to be on British summertime, but then that means that permanently England is not on GMT, which is Greenwich Mean Time. We're always, we'll always be GMT plus one. So you could be in Greenwich and you'll never be in Greenwich Mean Time, which seems weird. I'd also go BST, British summertime. I like that extra hour in the summer, in the evening. Makes all the difference, doesn't it? So bringing us back to... Uh, code um our question well my question this week for you is why is time so hard so maybe we're going to talk through some of the things maybe some of the bug reports that you used to get about why um why it is such a challenge for people coding and and i think just time in general like maybe dealing with times in different coding languages is a little bit of a challenge maybe because there are 60 seconds in a minute as opposed to 100 i'm not sure um so no, we'll just have a... no, that's like being base six or whatever it is. Yeah, base twelve. I don't know. Anyway, whatever base time is, it's that's fine. That's like it. Consistency is never a problem. You can work around that. There are rules like leap years. Generally speaking, divides by four. It's a leap year, unless it's every four hundred years. Yeah, no, every hundred years it doesn't, but every four hundred years it does. I think yes. is the rule, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I think that's a common coding problem. Yeah, it's like it's something you'll have to do in a, in a coding interview. It's quite quite a common challenge is to yeah. build something that will te- detect if a year is a leap year. Um, the problem is when things break from the standard rules. So leap years, for instance, you go back however many hundred years and there's the change from Gregorian to Julian calendars that's going to muck that up. And there's times when people, like, the date system is not uniform throughout all of time. It's likely that... Days will not have happened, for instance, like when it was uh, when Samoa skipped a, skipped a day to catch up on the on the international dateline. They wanted to be rather than very first. They wanted to be the very last in the day, or vice versa. So they they went from the twenty ninth of December to the thirty first of December. The thirtieth. I just, of December can't, just can't believe happen. countries. I can't believe countries can do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's it no rules. There, there are no rules. I mean, that made sense because their the closest trading partner is Australia. And they're permanently uh, having to like, negotiate with Australians, so they get by being in the same day, they don't end up like on a Friday evening calling Australians on a Saturday morning when no one's at work. Um, so they get extra like the overlap of when their business hours are is more if they switch the deadline. So it did make fundamental sense. And then I think once they did it, everyone else in the area started doing it. Um, so mm-hmm. that whole like Pacific dateline. I mean, what's, I heard someone say it looks like an Easter Island head now. It's got like a big nose. And- <laughs> It's a bit wonky. <laughs> um, so, what 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 sort of particular problems do you come across when you're kind of writing code for it? Let's go like 
you write JavaScript. What are there ways of? I imagine there's libraries for dealing with for dealing with dates. I know there are in Python. There's I think you just import time and that kind of that that's a way of like formatting dates and stuff. Um, I've not had much experience doing it personally. Um, so hopefully you'll be able to expand my mind a bit on <laughs> the troubles that you can have with dates and times. Yeah, do you want to know? I mean, this this could be you know. It's like someone pointing out kerning to someone for the first time. You're just, you're just opening their eyes to a world of hurt that they never would have had before. Um, <laughs> yeah, here be dragons. I imagine as a coder, you're going to come across dealing with dates at some point in your life. It's probably good to know what you're going to get into before you actually do it. Yeah, there are definitely a couple of helpful concepts that we'll touch on that I think will be really helpful. Generally speaking, yeah, it's the difference between like doing calculations with time and then also displaying time and that time being accurate. <laughs> They're kind of the, the, the problems I find. <laughs> um, I think the, the biggest hurdle, which is slightly related to daylight savings time, which is how we got onto this discussion, uh, is time zones and the fact that like, like we were talking about uh, Samoa switching dateline things they're in they're in the furthest time zone away from from us in the uk at the moment and there's a lot of time zones in the world they're not necessarily consistent so if you're trying to say what time it is you need to know the time zone that you're trying to say what time it is in if you get what I mean. so, is there, the, so there's not some kind of api somewhere that kind of just deals with that stuff for you is like i'm sure there's just that you go i want to know the time in you can google it can't you i want to know the time in samoa and it will tell you the time in Samoa compared to the time you're in. Is that not something that you can do in your code? Yeah, but you don't want to have to write that yourself, generally speaking. You want to put that onto a third party because the time zone database is ridiculous. It's not just geographical because obviously countries um, will like want to have a consistent time zone within their borders. So it's not like you can't just say, oh, they're a certain, certain longitude away from the dateline, so they're going to be this many hours ahead or behind. Um, like China, for instance, spans three time zones um but just has one internal time zone um so it's it's a complicated problem to work out so you basically it it relies on a massive database of things because it's not logical there's like nepal which is five and a quarter or five and three quarter hours ahead somewhere's like nine and a half who's nine and a half uh australia i think is nine and a half hours different nine and a half i've not even heard of that yeah why i don't know yeah, the the put the five and five and a quarter is the weirdest. Um, yeah, well, it's, what, it's probably the, not the weirdest. It's the weirdest I can remember. Where did the quarter come from? Who needs that? There are many historical and political reasons for all these things, um, and there's places where, like, you go to the West Bank and there's uh, Israelis and Palestinians, different time zones, and they live in the same part of the world. <laughs> so, two people walking down the street will have different time zones. Wow, I just I just wasn't aware of all this time madness. <laughs> so I came in like, oh, what's wrong with time? It's all fine. There's a place in, I think it's Arizona in the States, where you can drive in a straight line. If you drove in a straight line for 100 miles, you would have to change your clock seven times. <laughs> That's madness. That's... Back and forth, because <laughs> there's, uh, I think there's a, a Navajo nation, or an Indian reservation inside of Arizona. And inside that, there's a Hopi territory, which and the Navajo nation, like Arizona as a whole, because it's really hot, they don't want extra hours in the sun. They don't do yeah. daylight savings time. There's then an Indian reservation inside that, which does recognize 
daylight savings time and there's another reservation within or area within that which then doesn't again and <laughs> they both have enclaves and exclaves sort of dotted over the place so you put this line in the right place on the map and yeah you've got seven time zones on a hundred mile journey <laughs> to account for wow it just blows my mind yeah can't um, believe it yeah so what you as a coder you have to know what those time zones are um, and that relies on a massive great big database and also it makes calculation hard so when you're looking at times in the future times in the past trying to work out like time differentials for instance like how many time how long has it been since x point in time to now um there's loads of weird stuff like you actually go back if you go back 100 years in uh, the uk or I'll go back to when World War Two was happening, you'd have to account for the fact that we were on GMT plus two for the whole of the war as an extra thing. Um, yeah, I even get confused when I take a flight to America and the, the time I arrive is like a day after I leave or something and it's not a night flight. I, 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 I still find it uh, <laughs> quite confusing. Yeah, so you could be um, like trying to book an... In- I mean, we're all booking Zoom calls at the moment. We're putting them in the calendar, yeah. clicking a link, having a video call with everyone. Say one of your team is in the States, one of your team is in Australia, one of your team is in the UK. That's instantly, like, there's three different variables there. And you don't necessarily know that, oh, yeah, New York is always five hours ahead because daylight saving time. Sometimes it's four hours ahead. Sometimes it's six, maybe. I don't know. It goes in both directions. Well, see, doing the math in my head, I can't work it out. Yeah, it's not. it seems like something that you can't just remember off the top of your head. It's like you've got to go and look it up and, and double check that you've got the right thing. Yeah, yeah, that's why like typing into Google, what is the time in X country? Yeah. Like, what is the time yeah. in Seattle? Yeah, I know it's nine hours behind. Well, no, yeah, nine hours behind, but depending on the time of year. Last week it wasn't. It was. <laughs> was it eight? Was it ten? I, I don't even know. know. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> we have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so that that leads us on to like you use a library that has a database of this kind of stuff. So in JavaScript, the standard. It's not the standard library, but the kind of the common, the commonly accepted, most used library is a thing called Moment.js, and that has an extension to it. Like vanilla Moment out of the box doesn't have um, time zone support because who wants that nonsense? It just handles formatting <laughs> dates. And like it's really useful for like working out a diff of dates. Like going, oh, like, I want to add five days to this, and I want to add. Uh, two weeks and a day and an hour to this other time and then calculate the result of that. It's useful for that kind of stuff. But then I suppose adding, say, five o'clock in America to five o'clock in England would would cause some issues, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um, And there are kind of, there are computery ways around that. Just to finish the thought on Moment, that has an extension, like a plug-in thing called Moment Time Zone, which is enormous. Like in terms of kilobytes, it's huge. Um, and that has all the information for like time zone stuff, and that gives you time zone support. Um, but to get that to work, whenever you're passing in a time, you have to say like, if you're not using what we call uh, UCT, no UTC, sorry UTC, <laughs> UTC. Yeah. It stands for Universal Coordinated Time. Universal Time Coordinated UTC. Yeah, exactly. yeah. see, even even the standard <laughs> is weird. I think it's like French governing body. I think was what let's set that and then universal time and coordinate or something um coordinated universal time but you write it utc yes <laughs> okay even the standard is confusing um <laughs> but that is basically like 
essentially, well, it's it's sometimes called Zulu time because when you write out the time, you'll put like a the time zone ID at the end, and Z for Zulu is um, like coincides with the date dateline. Um, but sometimes it's just like that's now the accepted way of saying that a time string is in UTC is to have a Z on the end of it. And that's like a, a way of storing. So you know that no matter what time it is in the world, you've got a standard fixed point, which is Greenwich Mean Time. So whenever you're t- so that turns the problem into you're ex- you're accepting a date from from someone, um, you convert that to UTC, and then when you want to show it to someone else, you convert it to their local time zone. But whenever you're doing anything with it, you're just always working in UTC. That makes life so much easier. Yeah, because um, then you're whatever you're doing internally, you've got a fixed point of reference. And then you let whichever library you're using handle the conversion. But that that raises the problem of which time zone do you pick? <laughs> it's all well and good <laughs> saying, I want my UTC one o'clock to be in a local time zone for whoever's using my whoever's using my app. How do you pick that time zone? I guess you pick it based on the location of their browser. Yeah. You use the the navigator clock essentially for the locale, um, and then you've got the question of how do you format that because you can format the string in any number of ways. You take uh, time in the US and it would be nine colon Wrong. zero zero a.m. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> in the UK it's zero nine colon zero zero. There's no a.m. p.m. for kind of standardized time over here, and you people get really angry when you mess that up. Yeah, and is there so? Does moment supply like a format the date time in the American way or format the date time in the British way? Yeah, normally. So normally you have what's called a formatting string that you pass in. So you've you've got your UCT, UTC date object, um, which is your fixed point in time, and you want to display that in a certain format. So you, mm-hmm. you formatting strings are kind of they're the format like the the actual specifics vary from language to language, but generally you have some kind of symbol that corresponds to the type of thing you want to show. So if you want to show years, months, days, you generally put like the symbol for years, the symbol for months, the symbol for days, and it would show in that order. So then if you wanted to yep. put dashes between them, you could put dashes in. And if you wanted to be American and crazy, you could do what months, days, years, is that how they do it? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't make any yet. sense, does it? Don't, no, don't even think don't don't, don't even no, go no, 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 okay. anyway. <laughs> you've got to do you've got to deal with it. Some people like it. Um they think the week starts on a Monday as well, which is uh, crazy. That's wrong. Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got you've got to handle that if you're sharing a week grid. <laughs> Actually, no. I, I think I agree with the Monday thing, but I don't agree with the. It should be you go smallest to largest, don't you? Day, month, yeah. anyway. No. Well, on the Monday thing, you know who agrees with you? The ISO standards body. The ISO standard week always begins on a Monday. The weekend is at the end of the week, isn't it? Sunday is part of the weekend. It's not part of the week beginning. Mm. Mm. Well, you have, like, you've got a piece of string. It has two ends. <laughs> like, there's not a front end and a back end. <laughs> uh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> there's always the a way to argue and something. <laughs> and, all the, and I know all the arguments in this scenario. <laughs> um, but an ISO week always starts on a Monday because that's like an accounting thing. And they want a, even, they want a not an even, a, a uniform whole number of weeks in a year. And a year 365 does not divide by seven. So there's like yep. a little bit of an overlap. So this year, like on the 38th, uh, 38th, 28th of December, or 2019, yeah, I think that was when ISO week number one started for 2020. 
So like the last right. three days, there was a bit of an overlap. So if you're calculate, I mean, Twitter had a bug. I mean, this I'm cribbing directly from a Tom Scott YouTube video, but Twitter had a bug a few years ago where they were formatting days and years in uh, Gregorian normal date time format system. But for some reason, they picked the week format. The symbol they picked to represent a week was from the ISO standard week, which outputs the next year <laughs> so suddenly they were they were in the first week of the year when actually they were supposed to be in the last yeah suddenly suddenly the whole of twitter database just like shifted back a year <laughs> to the start of the year that it was in um, oh dear horrible horrible bugs can happen as a result of date formatting incorrectly so well yeah, what we were getting to was lo- formatting for the local time and there i mean moment js has uh, one of the format options is lt for local time and it will just stay it will display the the time so this is not the date just the time in whatever local format is appropriate so using like dots and decimals and h's for all the different countries in europe that have different formatting systems and don't get me started don't get me started on ordinals as well like ninth and fifth and sixth like trying to display those <laughs> don't, don't don't bother it's generally <laughs> There's a reason it doesn't occur much. It's like if you're coding for English and doing a kind of a date display, you can make it look really pretty and really nice. But if you want to internationalize that, you want to have that be translated across the world and be relevant and make sense. That's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> so as we've said before, JavaScript's a bit crazy. So that's not part of the moment's not part of the a standard library. You have to kind of do you have to bring that in separately? Yes, you import that as a as a package. There are several competing ones. There's um date FNS is another one that comes to mind, which I think is trying to do what no moment does but smaller, like not looking at bloat. And obviously they get rid of all the bloat, which means they get rid of time zone support <laughs> and, lo- <laughs> and locale support. <laughs> yeah, the bloat's there for a reason. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. Well, Python's got uh, date time built into it, and that seems to have... I've only used it a little bit, but that seems to have uh, time zone support in it built in. So maybe you're just using the wrong language, Tom. <laughs> I, I like your confidence. Um, I will <laughs> wait until you have done something time zone related in Python for real, <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll listen to you to report back. <laughs> well, I'll go away and explore and get back to you on that. <laughs> So is UTC the same as GMT? Yes. Yeah, but I think GMT is not necessarily the political term because that's very specific to London and Greenwich. Uh, yeah, UTC is worldwide is like worldwide accepted as like a fixed point on the Earth from which time's calculated forwards and backwards. Just happens to run through coincide with Greenwich. Oh, there's another we've talked about UTC a lot, which is a, a date aware formatting string. But there's another way of dealing with time in computers, and that's Unix timestamps. Have you come across Unix timestamps before? Unix timestamps? Not off the top of my head. I imagine I've worked with Linux, so probably know what they are. (laughs) Yeah, under the the hood, there's just a kind of a standard way of conveying time. So you can convert, like any date object, I think, in a browser particularly, will be probably under the hood a Unix timestamp that you can pass around like if you make a javascript date object that's what it is or it can be converted to that anyway um so you don't know what they are you don't know what they're measuring time from not um, utc <laughs> no no they are the seconds the seconds that have elapsed since the 1st of january 1970 ah so this is when the 
they had the millennium. Does this do with the millennium bug? No, that is something different entirely. But this will be as a result of the. This will be the 2030, 2038 like, Unix time apocalypse. Whatever, if when you're in 32-bit. Yeah, if you're on 32-bit, because the Unix timestamp will exceed 32 bits and you'll get an overflow and we'll get all the same problems that you had with the Millennium Bug. But the Millennium Bug was people storing the date, the year, as two digits. And this one will just be computers running out of space to store the date. Yeah, which I don't, I think is likely to be less of a problem, but someone, a few people will probably get very rich fixing that for banking systems that are running <laughs> on COBOL from the 60s or whatever it is. Well, COBOL's still a lot of jobs for COBOL developers. And the fewer the fewer people there are that know how to do it, the more the more, the more money they can charge. Yeah. So that would be our advice to new, newbie coders listening to this: go and learn Fortran and COBOL. <laughs> uh, don't. <laughs> so that's literally the seconds. Yes. So is there yeah. is there one centralized place that counts the seconds? Or? <laughs> I literally have no idea, and that that is where it gets into <laughs> like beyond the limits of what I have to deal with. Thankfully, I don't care like beyond precision of about. Yeah, a minute is not kind of that's like the smallest that my work gets to with uh, precision because we're dealing with yep. events and things and people rarely schedule events like to more than a minute's precision. It happens, but it's not a common use case. <laughs> it does happen, does it? I, I can imagine a few scenarios where people are like automating and they're using events in a way that they probably ought to be they'd be better off using a cron job or something. But yeah, yeah, I see. But not yeah. like I I want to have my meeting at. 12.35 and 40 seconds. Mm. That's when it's going to start. I don't know. If you've got a date system that is clocking the German train system, maybe. They leave to they leave with second precision, don't they? From Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Maybe like uh, athletics. If you're on the track, I want it to start at exact time. Yeah. But <laughs> UT, yeah so UTC, UTC, UTC has millisecond precision, I think. Um, whereas a JavaScript object by default will have no, no, Mike. No, oh, anyway, there's a put. You either have to divide or times by a thousand to get from the standard JavaScript date number to a, a traditional Unix timestamp. So uh, a Python they, standard date time has uh, year, month, day, hour, minute, second, and then a six-digit. Six, digit six digits. Ooh, I think so. UTC has. I think generally has three digits of precision for seconds. So that's, I don't even know what that is. The time is currently blah, 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 and 22250 two, 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 nanoseconds. Yeah, what comes under nano? Pico? Picoseconds? Is that what it is? Picosecond, yeah. probably. Decisecond. We're really getting into the weeds now, aren't we? But the, the, the gist is that that's a kind of a human readable date string. Like what Python is using there and what UTC uses is like, you can look at it and you can read that as a date. As a human being, Unix timestamps is just a number of seconds. Like, you know that like the fourteen to fifteen million or billion transition was reasonably recently, so you know that it's like within the last ten years if it starts with a fifteen, um, but or starts one five rather. But it's just a long string that's essentially incomprehensible. Real time follow up six digits is microseconds. Micro. Oh, there we go. Nanoseconds are nine. Yeah, so there you go. So JavaScript is microseconds. Eh? Regardless, they're pretty precise <laughs> for normal everyday use. Yeah, I mean, if you get into like syncing the time code between audio devices, that becomes a whole a whole other thing of precision. And you're looking at atomic clocks, and you're looking at like, pulses and masters and slaves, and it gets horrible. Mm -hmm. 
So for, for for a long time, I used Unix time for date things when I wasn't really as up on my date stuff as I am now. <laughs> and it, it kind of kind of works. It's the same principle of you have a uniform standard. Um, but then when you want to convert that to actual human readable time, that's when it gets tricky because yeah, there's leap seconds. There's things you don't know what's going on in various different scenarios. It could be you could be wrong in your conversion. So you have to have a dependable library. Yeah. So for someone coming along looking at doing some sort of date time related work, you would you suggest going for UTC? That kind of sounds like as opposed to using the Unix time. I think one or the other, as long as you've got a single fixed point, that's the important thing, like a single point of reference. So if you're if you're doing some conversion between time zones, mm-hmm. you convert it all to UTC, make those, and then transfer them back out to the time zones. So that's and the don't idea. write that conversion yourself. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> get some use a use a, a well tested library that you can submit bug reports to. Yeah, sounds sounds smart. Yeah. Um. So wow, you yes, time is hard, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah. I was, I, so I came into we came into this with me like having joked for months and months and months with you about how time is hard and dealing with time is is tricky. And I don't know. How, were you skeptical of that beforehand? And how do you feel about it now? <laughs> I, I mean, I probably lost skepticism as you went on about it more and more every week. Um, but yeah, after a lot of things that you told me today, I just didn't know about. Um, it's like some of the strange countries changing their time zone all the time. That does sound like something that's quite difficult to deal with. Um, not necessarily on a coding level, just on like a human, why are you doing this sort of level? Um, yeah, so that is something that now... I, I have a little bit, a little bit more respect for uh, the work you do, Tom. <laughs> not much. Not much. Well, Don't I'm worry. just on the, fr- I'm just on the front end. I'm grateful that I'm working with a very reliable API. The people that write that are the true heroes. Um, <laughs> very good. I, yeah. yeah, they give me. I, I send them UTC. They send me UTC. It all works. Yeah, yeah. That's the. Oh, I'm going to try out the uh, Python date date time library. Yeah, I'm interested to see um, how that uh, pans out. We should do another one of these on uh, internationalization of just like translating strings generally. Mm. And that, yeah, that'll be another episode of me just crying for half an hour because <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> um, yeah. So, listeners, if you've got any uh, sob stories about date time and trying to deal with it, uh, do write in, and Tom can commiserate with you. Commiserate. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll share sharing that pain. Um, but also, if you're if this has piqued your curiosity and you want to know more, like to more precision than just the ramblings of what we can remember off the top of our heads there are a few really good really short youtube videos that i can recommend there's a tom scott has done a couple on time zones um and uh he did a really good one about the iso week which was really interesting um i'll link to those there's the the map men uh, i can't remember who one of them is but the other is jay for jay foreman comedian they do a little thing about time zones across the world which is good and i know cgp gray has done a, a video about time zones as well i'll put links to all of those in the description excellent We've come to the end again. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out on Twitter at AQO Code. And you can find us online at aqoc.dev, uh, where you can find details of how to submit your own questions and the archive of all the past episodes. So thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya.